Hello, this is episode four of the Here Be Angels podcast. My name is Richard Leeming, and as usual, we're reporting on good stuff happening in and around Peckham and East Dulwich. So first up in this episode, the live music venue, the Ivy House in Nunhead. Tucked away down Stewart Road, you may or may not be aware about what lies behind its pub doors, but its new management are hoping that will change. They recently relaunched the venue with a mini-festival, sporting a lineup full of fresh London talent. Sarah-Jane Griffiths went along to find out about their hopes for the future, and to see that if anything like Britpop ever happened again, would it be in Nunhead rather than Camden? I'm John Bunny, I'm the licensee of the pub. I run the Joiners Arms in Camberwell where I put live music on there. I've run a lot of pubs in the area, always been live music based, so often the Paradise Bar, the New Cross Inn. This came up, my boss said to me, what do you think about the Ivy House? And I used to come here six years ago for Andy Hank Dog's night and it was outstanding, always busy. Great stage, built in the 1950s. I think it's had The Who, The Rolling Stones, Ian Jury, you name it, a lot of acts have played here. And I just thought, get it, get it, get it, get it. We got it, got in here. We're doing the best we can to get as many acts as we can booked in. So tonight was just a little showcase to say we're here. Please, people, come down and enjoy it. It's, yeah, basically just keeping it live, more acoustic kind of folk, indie, none of the heavy stuff around here. It doesn't really, I've never seemed to see it work in the pubs, but it's a, it's a good venue for good acts. Thank you very much for having me. Tools that you've got now, like websites, I think we've had over a thousand new members who've signed up on it in the last two weeks. Forums, Facebook, the usual stuff. It is a destination pub. If you don't put things on, people don't come. I'm not about bums on seats, it's always about putting on good stuff. And there's so much local talent around. Hello, I'm Jamie Fisher and I live in New Cross. New Cross. Hello, I'm Anita Madge and I live in Buckley. It's Never like been 15 here. minutes walk from my house. It's very vaudevillian and I, I like that. Good vibe. I've not done many solo gigs on my own. I've been in a band for many years. Playing to a room like that with a bunch of people and that actually care makes a real difference. People were really listening yeah. and clapping and sort of talking over you and it, that's how it should be. Where do you normally play? A lot of Camden venues, central London venues, some places at New Cross Inn. That's usually got quite a good crowd as well and they listen to you. Recently I've also been playing abroad in America. So the crowd are obviously very attentive. Had you heard of the venue before? I've lived in Greenwich pretty much all my life. Cafe, the promoter tonight, got us all down and kind of promised us this amazing venue. And I was thinking, well, I'm in Nunhead. I'm not going to be seeing an amazing venue tonight. But as I say, I walked in, it was all vaudevillian and I was taken back in time to a place where I was very happy. Red and gold curtains and Lame a disco gold, ball. gold, man. It's not that you plan a room with lame gold curtains and a no, disco ball, is it? Never, <laughs> really. No, I can't say I've ever done it. <laughs> I love it. Everyone just seems to really love music in this area. I mean, obviously, if it's Queens of Stone Age, I'm going to go to Camden. But otherwise, it actually means that bands can come and play somewhere that's not got that Camden thing attached to it. Like, oh, you playing in Camden? Yeah, I played Camden. Yeah, it's cool. Places like this are refreshing. They're new, they're, they're different. It's amazing, the feel of it, the vibe of it is great. Have we talked about the disco ball? Yes. Okay. <laughs> struggled over the years to sort of get people down here just because it is sort of off the beaten track. It's local, all right, it's in the back streets, but it's, I just think it's word of mouth. People need to talk about the place and, and get it out there because, you know, I've lived in here a long time and I've never heard of it. A good bit of PR, a bit of marketing, this place could be huge, you know, people will travel to come to this place. 
you live in South London, you travel to Camden. So why shouldn't the people in Camden travel to South East London to see our brand of music? Do you think that you could attract more well-known artists to a venue like that? Why not? Although they have in the past, haven't they? They've had loads of really like big acts come down and play. You know, like a warm-up show or something. Mm. I think the White Stripes played at the Riverley Ballroom. I think we'll see them playing here. <laughs> I would love to see the White Stripes play in this venue. Wow. Yes. I don't think they're doing any more gigs at all, though, are they? So that's Jack definitely Martin. a dream gig, isn't it? <laughs> at the Ivy House. <laughs> sort of the catchment we've got here, it's mainly residential, but East Elliges is sort of a spitting distance down the road, and um, there's nothing live. In all the bars on East Elliges, there's nowhere to go to see any live music, which I'm quite happy about, to be honest. So who do you think on the bill tonight are people to look out for? Bacardiac are hilarious, they're on last. Damien Renouf Band, um, Jailer's Daughter. I'm John, I'm the singer in Jailer's Daughter. I'm Alex, I'm a guitar player. Ben, the drummer. I'm Alfie, how'd you do? Have you been here before, played here yeah, before? Yeah, we've been here a few times, haven't we? So do you think this is the birth of a new dawn for the Ivy House? It should be, I hope so. Going by tonight, if we can do this every week and make it as packed as this, then... Not yeah. only busy as well, it's like the crowd are uh, in it. a really good sort of mood as well. People are cheering and things, and that's always a good sign. How would you describe uh, your sound then? Jingly jangly, indie, roll, pop. Just good songwriting, I reckon. Well, hopefully. Do you think that this venue then could become like a genuine alternative to venues in Camden for people that live around well, here or people that live? Locals, definitely. It's all about trying to mobilise the local population. They can't rely on Camdenites coming here because no one will. They need to get the local people interested. As soon as you say South London to somebody, they're like, oh, God, no. Yeah. This area needs somewhere <laughs> like this because it's, I mean, there's not that many places around here that, that has that kind of vibe that John do. Or runs it, he's, do, he's just doing it for the love of music. He's really. just so he's enthusiastic, just isn't he? Like... It's quite out of the way, isn't it? The minority that know about it and know how good it can be do come down, but it's convincing people to actually come down. We're doing it consistently for time as well, you know. People will learn that this is the place to come and they'll come. I mean, we've known other venues out in the sticks, you know, that people will go to because they go for the venue. It has its own unique appeal as well, like the That's stage is kind venue, of, it's a great stage, it looks like a kind of old cabaret stage. Like you've had Ian Jury here, you know, Joe Strummer's played Hendrix maybe, he's like, really? Like, on this back street in Peckham, it's amazing. And if not the music, you definitely come down for the roast. I'm the chef. Do you think that you can attract sort of big name bands here or do you think it's got to be? It'd be a great place for up and coming bands and if like, if the right people hear about it, maybe if a good magazine got hold of it, it could really work. It's a great place. You've got to come down just to look at it. If we can do this every weekend and get this amount of people down, then word will spread, surely. I'll come away from tonight and I'll talk about it to everybody. I think that's the only way to do it, you know. There are cakes inside. I'm not kidding you. But not only cakes, they're free cakes. They're free. Genuinely, aren't they? And yummy. I've had four. If that is not enough to get people down to this venue, then I don't know what is. It's a pleasure to do the job, and that's what I love about it, otherwise I wouldn't do it. So are you sort of hopeful about the Ivy House becoming a, a name venue? Yeah, I hope so. There's so much more on the Ivy House website at ivyhouselondon.com. Check it out. Running between the 8th and 18th of September, the Peckham and Nunhead Free Film Festival is one of the biggest cultural events in South East London, with more than 20 free events to choose from at community venues all over the area including a bicycle-powered Flash Gordon on Peckham Rye. And I've decided not to insert a joke here about bicycle-powered space travel, largely because I can't think of one. So see their website at freefilmfestivals.org for more, or follow them on Twitter at FreeFilmFest. So in the run-up to the festival, Sarah Kazakos has also been at the cinema this month. 
So I've come down to the Montpellier on Schumacher Road in Peckham to find out a bit more about the Backroom Cinema and the Loco London Comedy Film Festival. So I'm here with Russell, who's in charge of the Backroom Cinema. So I'm the cultural attaché, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, which doesn't actually mean that much. Uh, now I've, I've uh, been working on the cinema since March of this year. Uh, just trying to put on some just an interesting program uh, that kind of supports independent film wherever we can and independent filmmakers. We've had a lot of different guests to come down uh, in the past sort of few months. People like Rushy Soho Shorts, um, uh, London International Animation Film Festival, Sci-Fi Film Festival, and uh, and now uh, Loco, who uh, yeah we're happy to have on board for some. Uh, some Friday night giggles, hopefully. Why a cinema in a pub? Yeah, good question. I don't know, we just started talking about it uh, in January. It was very quiet and we were thinking about oh, stuff we could do to make the place sort of, um, not more exciting, but just stuff that we could, like a little project that we could work on. And this was a kitchen, this was like a disused kitchen, so uh, yeah, we just had the, the sort of a brainwave to try turning it into a, a cinema. Because a lot of pubs are showing films now and we wanted to sort of separate ourselves from the usual kind of pull-down screen and shoddy projector and showing films that everybody's seen a hundred times before, you know, like Goodfellas or Back to the Future. And then there's nothing wrong with that at all because they're, they're films that people love and that's great. But we just wanted to do something that kind of, I think, responded more to the to Peckham Rye as a whole. I think it's a really interesting little neighbourhood. There's lots of interesting stuff going on. So yeah, we wanted to respond to that really and, and sort of uh, put on a programme that was, uh, you know, it was interesting and, uh, and different. And we're an independent independent company, and so we thought we'd try and champion independent film as much as we could. And uh, it's nice to do these sort of later evening things because people can have a few drinks and they're a bit more rambunctious. And it's, you know, it's not a reverential experience, you know. People kind of hopefully come down and, uh, and join in with the spirit of the thing. And all important question: Can you drink while you watch? Oh yeah, yeah, that's actively encouraged. Yeah, <laughs> because you're going to be surrounded by sort of drunk, sweaty people. So if you can't beat them, then drink more than them. It's always been my motto. And have you been quite busy? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, I think now that word's kind of got about and we've kind of, we've pushed it through various kind of channels and I think now people know what we're doing, but we're showing films like Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday we'll show one film, so for example this month we've got Submarine, um, Little White Lies, uh, a film called Kaboom, uh, a film called uh, Mammoth with Gerald Depardieu, oh and an amazing film called Treacle Junior which was shot around Peckham Wright, which is really good. So I'm yeah, really pleased to be having that. But yeah, so we're showing those sort of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which is nice because I think people, they think, oh, we'll definitely go on Monday and then they don't leave the house. And then they've got something else to do on Tuesday. They can still come on Wednesday and sort of catch it for the last time. So, so are you, you're interested in doing um, kind of local films as well? Yeah, we've, uh, I mean, we've done stuff with um, some guys called Grain Media who are uh, out of Honor Oak. Uh, they came down and showed a couple of their films, a film called Skatistan and uh, another film called Superbob, which is also set in Peckham. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just it's nice to encourage that sense of community. I think that's the sort of key to a good pub, really. And if we can extend that into our programming here, then 
and more's the better, yeah. We're also joined by Tom from Loco. Tell us what your role is there. I am generally a man of the people. Russell just said that he badgered you mm. until you uh, gave in. Um, so why did you decide to go with coming here in the first place? Uh, well, I think, first of all, I live just down the road. I live in Camberwell. So obviously, uh, I'm originally from South London and I love it. And I, want, I want it to thrive because uh, a lot of people tend to put it down sometimes, but they're wrong. And it was a, a new cinema, a new venture. and. I don't know if you've seen Russell in the flesh, which you have. I don't know if the listener has, but he's very, very difficult to turn down. Yeah, we can verify that. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on as part of the film festival in Peckham? Is this the only thing? Well, uh, we're curating a season of films uh, monthly on the last Friday of every month. Uh, in the lead-up to what will eventually be uh, the main film festival, which is happening in January, uh, the end of January, I think, which hopefully at the same time, uh, that will be at a number of different venues, one of which will hopefully be here. We'll uh, put on a few few films here. Okay, and, and just finally, um, what's the next thing coming up after Rushmore that people can go and uh, The next big thing is September. We've got our first birthday coming up, so I've been working on a lot of stuff for that. And... Uh, it's going to be amazing. And finally, an interview which we wanted to publish a month ago, but we didn't for obvious reasons. You've just a few weeks left to catch Bold Tendencies, the internationally significant art exhibition on the top four floors of the Peckham multi-storey car park. Those of you who listened to episode two of Here Be Angels were aware that we were at uh, the opening night of Frank's Cafe and Campari Bar. But that's not all that goes on in uh, the multi-storey car park in Peckham, and perhaps more important than the alcohol is the art. Bold Tendencies is now in its fifth year, and I'm uh, with Lucy Britton, who is the... Tell me, Lucy, what, were your, what was your role? I was the project coordinator for Bold Tendencies 5. So we're standing next to what looks to me a bit like a vegetable garden with some water tanks. It's probably a lot more than that. To the uninitiated, can you tell me what it is? Um, well, in a way, a vegetable garden isn't too far off, given that a lot of what you see are British crops. Um, everything is, all of the plants here, so there's some wheat, there's some barley, there's um, a whole range of other sort of foliage and, and um, harvestable crops. And they're all um, England-based. And the artist, I mean, it's sort of to describe it it's a sort of a, a circular garden of, of, of green crops with interspersed with sort of um, industrial water plants and ceramic insulators and the the artist was really trying to question the relationship between um, the natural and the man-made and um, the sort of the value systems that lie behind them and the relationship between the two and how we navigate them and to your mind what conclusion does this piece draw from that question <clears throat> um well, I don't know that it, it's about drawing conclusions as, as much as asking questions, and I think it, it presents... For me, this is one of the works that I enjoy a lot in the show, um, and it's, it's really got a life of its own. I mean, something that we weren't expecting, or I wasn't kind of preempting, was that it would grow so much, um, which I think really gives it a sort of dynamism. And in conjunction, you know, the, the growing green sort of plants in conjunction with the industrial units, I think really does create attention and it makes you sort of, I don't know, it just puts them in relation to each other and it does create a conversation. Uh, one of the reasons it's grown so much might be because it's been rained on so much. We are being rained on now, so <laughs> tell me, who is the artist? Um, the artist is Rachel Champion. She's um, an American artist based in London. Um, she's 
yeah, young artists, very exciting work that's shown a lot in London. Some of the crops have flowered and so we're getting a whole community of bees who've moved in, um, which we're doing a good deed for the bee population. And country. bees are under threat, so this is uh, an extra added uh, exactly. bit. We're very ecologically aware yeah. of bell tenancies. We're passing through work by the Bruce High Quality Foundation, yeah. um, which is two, three metre high union rats, inflatable rats who sing to each other, as you can hear. And are they always inflated? One of them looks pretty deflated. Well, they alternate in inflation, yeah. <laughs> as it were. So we're now coming up to the roof, and the view is spectacular, especially with the rainstorm that's coming in. But uh, ahead of us is what looks like a cross between some seating and a child's adventure playground with added forklift trucks. Yeah, that's pretty good summary. Um, it's, it's a boardwalk made by the artist and his assistant over two weeks of basically slogging away night and day in the torrential rain in the British summertime. Um, it's got three cherry trees interspersed with three forklift trucks. Um, and again, he asks these questions of the relationship between the natural and the man-made. And it's interesting to sort of see the different synergies that have arisen between the works, um, though we couldn't have preempted them necessarily at first. And I think it's something about a space like this, which we've taken a sort of uh, utilitarian space and we've we've made it into an art space and I think something about that subversion has really prompted questions in artists to sort of question the relationships between between different components that we come across in daily life. Um, uh, as a non-artist myself I hear a lot of art being about questions. Yeah. Why is art about questions? I don't know that art is exclusively about questions. I just think it provides the opportunity to ask questions without having to give conclusive answers. I think um, we naturally come to our own responses and we, we ask our own questions and we, we all have our different answers. And I think unique to art is that it doesn't have to pin itself to specific sort of um, affiliations, but it can be this sort of shifting, provocative entity, which is why it's exciting. Ahead of us, to tell me more about what well, looks a bit like an aircraft wing on its end with bits cut out. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's a Falcon aircraft wing. It was actually taken from a French presidential plane um, made by an artist called Camille Enro. It was donated to her and she has carved into it. Um, it's, how high is it, five meters? Um, yeah, we, we hand um, sort of carried it from, from the lower levels. It arrived on this huge truck from France. On the day, it just so happened that the hay had been delivered for the auditorium downstairs. So we, we sort of hoiked it off onto a bed of straw and then put it onto some trolleys and wheeled it up here by hand. Um, so Camille's based in Paris. The, she does a lot of sort of totemic designs and, and works with sort of, again, like this tension between the decorative and the industrial. Um, the patterns that she's used here are taken from Nigerian fabric designs influenced by the sort of Rye Lane um, Nigerian community that is very prevalent there, as well as um, sort of ancient German axe designs, which is something that she finds very intriguing as part of her work. Um, thank you. And over there in the corner, there's a yellow thing which we won't mention because this podcast doesn't mention that yellow thing. So let's move on. <laughs> We've now come downstairs and you can hear in the background uh, an orchestra rehearsing. Um, Lucy, can you tell me anything about that? Yeah, so this is part of our public programme. They're, they're rehearsing for Stravinsky's Rite of Spring. Um, it's going to be in a big event which takes place on Saturday night. Um, it's a hundred-piece orchestra. We already have over 400 people coming to see it, so it's going to be an amazing event. And uh, we may have just uh, destroyed the recording because it has something got very loud. Um, but 
Let's go this way, yes. This is a piece by James Kappa, um, which is six light boxes, um, on top of which are what look like to be elements of heavy-duty industrial machinery, but actually they're handmade components and they are sort of unique objects in themselves. Um, James works a lot with um, the concept of, of the industrial and innovation and, and sort of the value that is attached sort of within that process. Um, he develops these sort of large-scale machines which he perceives to be as valuable in their function as a an industrial machine but his machines they don't sort of they don't make something as an other industrial machine might do but they might draw in the ground or they might sort of walk forward and they're they're very playful and he's really asking the question you know or sort of making the point you know it, there can be other ways to gauge value other than money-making sort of activities and strategies and he's really doing that in a quite an overt way through creating something which other people might see as being defunct or without purpose and he's saying actually they're, they're very purposeful it's just a different kind of way of viewing purpose. How important do you think Bold Tendencies is to the regeneration of Peckham? I think it's I think it's really an intrinsic sort of part of what's happening in Peckham um, you know, over the past sort of five, ten years, Peckham has changed a lot, and it's really exciting to see. There's, I mean, I think bold tendencies is a kind of a symptom of something larger, but I also think it's sort of a seed at the, you know, at the centre. Um, in terms of um, the artistic community, I mean, I think it's absolutely intrinsic. There are a lot of artists who are local artists who are involved in the project, as well as. Um, I mean, it was set up by the Hannah Barry Gallery, which works with a lot of local artists. And now, as a you know, I think when someone does something which is confident, it gives other people confidence. And there are a lot of other galleries which are popping up and sort of in, engaging in this dialogue, but um, this in this artistic dialogue. So I think it, you know, it's something wonderful which is happening here in Peckham, um, which is part of something bigger, which is you know a question of gentrification, which is a question of um, sort of development. And there's something about this disused and rather scruffy concrete car park which uh, affects the art as well, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And as I mentioned, I think there's something about this sort of subversive and surprising nature of it which does naturally filter through into the characteristic of a lot of the work here. And has it been a successful exhibition of the yeah. last, this season? Yeah, it's been very successful. We've had increased numbers since last year and every year it, it gets bigger and bigger and more momentum, so it's, it's fantastic. Lucy, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. We're always very keen to hear from our audience. If you've got ideas of stories we should be covering, if you want to participate, or if you just want to give us feedback, please get in touch. All addresses on the notes to this podcast. Thanks again.